Oh, oh, do you see what first take did, Josh Helmer? Uh, they're talking about the Raiders. Huh? And instead of saying the Raiders, they put a T in front of it because they went out and got Devontae Adams and called him the Traitors. Oh, oh my gosh. Do you know how much money these people make to do this kind of crap? Oh, ah. Hey, what's up? Good morning. Las Vegas traders. They they made one trade. What and, and I listen, they haven't brought up Rocky Sin yet, so I don't think they're gonna break down what's going on in the trade for Yannick and Gakwe and Rocky Sin, but Las Vegas traders. It is a day though where there's gonna be a lot of Raiders talk, and I'm pretty excited about that. Nationally, not on this show. I won't cram it down your throats, though I could. Josh and my podcast coming up, the AFC West is the best. We'll be dropping soon. Uh, best in the West. Best in the West. That's right. <laughs> please don't, please don't ever uh, balk on our. That's right. West show title ever again. Nobody. I mean, absolutely nobody. Try to steal or trademark what's never been used before, which is West is best. But what's what's funny to me, and this is like the formula. This is the formula for, and and I want to welcome you in to no longer being a sheep. No longer being led around by the herd. Because here's the formula for any ESPN debate show. Welcome to the program. I'm your moderator, person you've never heard of before. And on my right is one person who's going to tell you how amazing a team is and another person who tells you they're trash. Then we're going to bring on a couple of experts. One of them is going to agree with this guy. And the other one's going to kind of play in the middle. But we'll get rid of him or her pretty quickly. And then there'll be someone comes on to tell you they're trash. Welcome to the show. Is that kind of how it works? That's great. I love yeah. that. Well, we should be making $7 million. Right they ought now. to do that. It's like when you go to a concert and they say, hey, guys, we're going to tell you how this is going to work. By the way, speaking of concerts, have you seen the – this is – talk about an out-of-left-field start to the show. Did you see what happened at the Pearl Jam concert over the weekend? <laughs> no. So Eddie Vedder's in the middle of playing Animal, and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, 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 I saw the whole thing. And like brought up the lights and kicked some girl out of the concert for punching some dude in the back of the head. Really? We gotta find the we gotta find the audio from it. It's pretty good. I was listening to it a little bit yesterday. Whoa, also, whoa, and literally, whoa. I mean, you think this is this is a stadium tour. So there's I don't I don't want to say hundreds of thousands of people there, but there's a lot of people there. And it's like he oh, just baby. so happened to be Yeah, and, and and I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I've never what what's the old joke? Rock stars always want to be athletes, and athletes always want to be rock stars. Right. So obviously, I've never been in a rock star setting, but I can't imagine when you're rocking out, all of a sudden you're focused on, hey, hey, I saw that. He's he's, he's running his stadium series like he's a, I don't know what a manager at Applebee's or something. You get him out of here. It's it's pretty funny. It's Give him the hook. Welcome into the Plank Show with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. We are live, border to border and coast to coast on the KREF app or iHeartRadio. Download it today. Planet to planet. We're live. You can get us at Saturn. I mean, we have yet to get anyone checking in from Saturn, but I hear you can hear this show on Jupiter and Saturn. We can't be told that it doesn't work yet. So I haven't been given a negative Ghost Rider yet. That is Josh Helmer. You can make sure you follow him on Twitter, Josh on Ref. Pierce, our intern, is standing by... Preparing for the end of hour one when Josh makes his move here into the Brown O'Haver studio, and I am really right. Chris Plank. Follow me on Twitter at Plank Show. Now, I want to start somewhere 
that outside of the – I don't know if we've ever in the history of this show, outside of maybe even a World Series game, opened with Major League Baseball. Now, we are baseball fans, right? I think it's fair to say. I am always reminded how much I don't know about baseball whenever we get to the World Series – or pardon me, the All-Star game. And I got to admit, I've got a lot of work to do on some of these dudes. There was a guy that literally walked walked out of the bullpen, and as he, I was Googling up because I really didn't think he was a real person. It's like, there's no way this person is real. There's no way this is a real Major League Baseball player. Have you seen the E60 or the 30 for 30 yet on the guy who was the imposter and he would always show up at events and he would go through shoot-arounds and stuff? It's... And nobody knew that yeah. he was a fake. And then all of a sudden, finally, someone would realize. I think they've got a great cut of Tommy Lasorda like ripping him. Anyway, things you can't get away with now because you not only will go to jail, it's probably a felony. Right? right. But back in the day, there was the kissing bandit where she would run out on the field and she'd kiss a player. And then there was this guy who would dress in the uniform and cheat his way into events. I thought one of the dudes that came in out of the bullpen had won like some sweepstakes in order to pitch in the All-Star game last <laughs> night. He His Frosted Flakes had a, had a prize where he could pitch in the All-Star game. But I got to say something, and it might be controversial, and we're not going to spend three hours on it today. I thought the All-Star game was awesome. I thought everything about the All-Star game was awesome last night. I think we spend a lot of time, and we're going to do it today, arguing and debating about what's wrong with baseball. Here's what needs to be fixed with baseball. This is why baseball sucks. This is why I don't watch. Uh, their blackout rules are dumb. The minor leaguers should be paid. All, all these things that could be considered true in some people's mind. But for one night, Josh, everyone was just loving baseball. And outside of the video of the dude that I saw get thrown down the steps by security, did you happen to see that one? The audio is frightening. And as as they're dragging this drunkard out, do you know what he's saying? How how many of you did it take? How many of you did it take? It's a fantastic video, by the way. Well, how many did it take? Looked like six. Wow. Pretty, pretty impressive. Now, granted, they threw him from about the third step down on the ground, and my man's head bounced. But somehow he was still conscious. I don't know if he was feeling anything at that point. <laughs> By the time he gets uh, over to the old jail cell, he probably uh, when he wake when he woke up this morning. If my man's awake yet, ouch! Solitary That's, confinement it's not, with the restraints. Not good. Not good. But as far as the game was concerned, I thought I thought the Fox presentation was incredible, and I know you can't do things like that on a game-to-game basis, right? I don't need John Smoltz in Clayton Kershaw's ear whenever he's pitching in the fifth inning of a must-win game against the Cardinals or something, right? I know I know these things aren't necessary or even possible. But for one night in an all-star game, in that setting, baseball was pretty hip. I mean, I... It was almost as if you saw the uh, the midlife crisis guy had just lost a little bit of weight, maybe he'd hit the gym a few times, had been taking Rogaine, and the hair grew back. You look at me like, whoa, bro, looking good. It's kind of how I felt about baseball last night. Like it had, it had hit the gym a little bit, done a few curls. 
maybe a few extra push-ups. But um, I'm watching this, and then I'm seeing the, the clips on Twitter go viral from the, the picture of Giancarlo Stanton's bat hitting the ball. Or what, I'm sorry, was that Aaron Judge? No, it was it – was, who was it? It was Judge, right? The crush went out or stand. Anyway, I, I get my Yankees confused. The ball, literally, it looks like it's being absorbed by the bat. I mean, it's, it's an awesome shot from the, the conversations back and forth with players and John Smoltz and the, the eighth inning whenever the, the Mariners dude was faking like he was going to throw it into the, to the bleachers, but he had the earpiece in, so he knew the, the pitcher wanted the ball. I mean, if you are – now, listen, baseball purists, I'm sure, like, I don't need any of that. That's not what I need. Get off my lawn. And I some, don't think so. I think, sometimes I fall in that category. I think even purist-type baseball fans dig seeing these guys mic'd up, having a little bit of fun. I mean, it's an all-star game that now decides – it doesn't decide home nope, field, right? Not anymore. anymore. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it literally – it's an exhibition. Decides nothing. You might as well have fun with it. Yeah, Absolutely. Have a blast with it, and that's what matters most. That's what matters most. And I think, and I don't know where the proper credit goes here, Josh. I don't know if that proper credit goes to to Fox. I don't know if there's a creative arm in, in, in baseball that was uber involved in this or what. Yeah, I was Stanton. Thank you. Giancarlo, no se parlo. I always say John, Giancarlo. I don't know why, but someday I'll get over it. But the still shot of the ball hitting his bat, it's its its incredible. So, I, I mean, you hope that maybe you bring a few more eyes to the game, Josh, and that there are some fans that maybe haven't had that passion for baseball. And for one night, they're drawn back in and it becomes a little bit more of a regular thing oh am, am i am i making sense here am i am, am i in the same boat you are or was it just hey calm down it's an all-star game no i think it's great i think we need to see more of these national games where guys do get mic'd up here and there just think it's great for the game i don't know that uh i'm not Rob- sitting here telling you the, the whole game has changed that's not what i'm trying to say but and then there were millions of new fans I mean, hopefully, yeah, you, you hope that that's the case, that a young fan watched that and or a couple of young fans watched and thought, you know what, that's that's pretty cool. I kind of like kind of like these guys. Maybe I should try playing baseball. I love the, uh, the Liam Hendricks setting in the eighth. I, was, I, I just thought it was a fun night. It and was, a timeless tradition, of course, the National League sucks again. Yeah, I feel like I got to look back. All-star game win-loss history. I feel like when I was growing up, I feel like the National League was was dominant. I feel like there was a run where where the National League just absolutely controlled the all-star game. And then when it was in Comiskey and, gosh, I want to say like the early 80s, Fred Lynn <laughs> – Fred Lynn hit a grand slam home run off of – this is so dumb. I can't remember what I did yesterday, but it was the all-star game at Comiskey Park and Atlee Hamaker was pitching, and I hated Atlee Hamaker. Do you know why I hated Atlee Hamaker, Josh? Because he was a giant. Good for you. Yeah, that's good. 
Boo, Atley Hammaker. Boo. You actually need a little bit more of those types of qualities today. Sure. You've softened. Like you should hate yeah. the Chiefs and No, I can't hate the Chiefs. That's your team, man. When they're not when the Dodgers aren't doing well, I'm I'm okay with the Chiefs now. I, I don't but I don't know how I feel about any of this. Um but the the funny thing is I feel like whenever I was growing up, I gotta go back. It was Comiskey Park. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Nineteen eighty three. So I'm like seven years old. Yeah. The National League hadn't lost since nineteen seventy one. And they go into the 83 All-Star game, and they destroy. The American League does the National League 13-3. Fred Lynn hit what was the first Grand Slam in All-Star game history. And since that point, uh, the National League has won nine times. The National League has won just nine times since the American League team beat them in 1983. Well, that's curious because the AL has now won nine times in a row. Oh, look at us statting away. The American League had won one, two, three, four, six straight from 88 to 93. The National League then won three in a row. And since 1997, if you you know kind of throw out the tie, since 1997, the National League has only won three. And they won three straight in 2010, 11, and 12. Still the biggest fight I've ever had on the air, Josh, this shows you how way too long I've been doing sports talk radio, was July, let's see, the All-Star game was July 9th of 2002, whenever we ended in the tie, right? And honestly, I won't lie to you, thinking back to 2002 and the All-Star game, I fell asleep. Fell asleep. Boring. And was it Miller Park? It was Milwaukee, and I remember that next day, Kevin Thames and I were doing a show. We were on from 9 to 11 back in the day on 1430. I don't even know if we were the buzz then, but July 9th, 2002, after the game ended a tie, I came in on the 10th, and I'm like, this is the dumbest thing ever. How dare Major League Baseball allow any of its games into the tie? Now, granted, they'd played 11 innings. <laughs> so I think they got to the point in the 12th, if I remember correctly, where Joe Torrey was like, I'll, we don't have any more pitchers. <laughs> and I think the uh, the National League manager was like, yeah, we don't either. All right, well, see you guys later. Yeah, and I was, dude, I was heated. I was heated. And Kevin, I remember, he's like, bro, it's an exhibition. It's not that big of a deal. Oh, it's a big deal. I was like, <laughs> I probably look like Christopher Russo does whenever he's on TV trying to explain things to Everyone who thinks he's a crazy person. Mad Dog Plank. I, I think you got it right. I was. I was angry. Even if so they had, mad. Even if they needed to do a bunt off. I don't care. A game doesn't end in a tie in Major League Baseball. Not in this Period. United States. No way. Of course, I was uh, also in 2002. I was, what, 27? I didn't quite have the filter or the true life experiences. I only had a two-year-old at that point. And a dad with a two-year-old, yeah, you don't do too much for the first two years, to be honest with you. It's kind of mom. But, yeah, I just – I remember being so mad about that. And it really it, – it anchored me to the point where I was kind of like, bleep baseball. I don't think the Dodgers were very good that year, so it kind of helped too. But, boy, they had it figured out last night if they were going to extra innings. I was kind of rooting for it because they weren't going to have extra innings. Did you see what their plan was? No. Home run derby. They would have three batters for the American League, three from the National League, and I think it was nine pitches apiece. Well, that's – Right? I like that. Th- that's actually I was what almost they should have done the one year. Yeah, I know. It's like, go back to 2002. You got to get those guys back out there and decide that 2002 game today. Let me see. Hold on. What was that? 
Let's see, the 2002 All-Star Game. You want to take a, a, a guess at the starting pitchers for each Absolutely team? Absolutely not. Derek Lowe pitched for the American League, and Kurt Schilling was the starter for the National League. Pitchers in that game included names like the late, great Roy Halladay, Pedro Martinez, uh, Freddie Garcia. He was young, dude. Some really good ones. Uh, the National League had Tom Glavin, Eric Gagne. Boy, that's a blast from the past. Young, young Kim made the All-Star game last year. All right, man, 2000 and t- last year. Last year, 20 years ago? Impressive. Dude, I, Benito Santiago was in that 2002 All-Star game. I mean, it's just Derek Jeter. Do you know that they've got a 30 for 30 going on right now on Derek Jeter? Did you know that? Have no. You, have you no. happened to catch the over-promotion of it? Anyway. All-star game, kudos. Thumbs up. Thought it was fantastic. I don't know if it gives baseball any momentum heading into the second half. No, it absolutely not. <laughs> I, I don't know if it – because immediately it was funny. I, I did m- Morning Men on Mad Dog Sports Radio this morning, and we did our opening segment kind of like this, talking about baseball. And the very first and, and only text to the show about baseball was like, would you please stop talking about this? <laughs> Man, that is that is tough, <laughs> and and it's almost and it's funny because that's the only show where you'll get a call. It's like, notice you uh, didn't hit on baseball last night. No, no baseball. You're not talking about baseball. So I talk about baseball, and literally everyone hates it. So we'll see if it's the same. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if it's the same thing today. Are the uh, higher ups? Are they just big baseball guys? Well, or it's, what? it's it's Russo. It's Mad Dog. So in his world, if you're not talking baseball, then you're. I mean, just, what are you doing? Right. What do you mean? You're not going to talk about last night how the Dodgers went out and pulled. Clayton Kershaw should have pitched in the second inning. I can hear that right now. <laughs> that was a pretty good impersonation. I kind of just pulled it out of my backside, to be honest with that you. That was not bad. All right. Um, so there's all-star talk. We'll take a timeout. I want to read a tweet as we go to break. This is from my producer on SiriusXM, Mike Garvin. This is awkward. Jim Phillips' opening statement went so long, the ACC's grant of rights has expired. Oh, man. So what you're saying is things aren't going so well. Or our man's got a lot to say. Maybe it's going really good. Yeah. Maybe so. Maybe so. Is there anything particularly (sighs) noteworthy from it that you think that we should share here? There's got to be, right? Him talking about expansion or something? Well, let's get into it next. Because as SEC media days are taking place, ACC media days kick off today. And, oh, are those coaches going to get tired of getting asked about grant of rights? Unbelievable. But you got to have a take, right? And, you know, Dabo's talking today. He's meeting with the media today at ACC media days. It'll be very – because to me, this is the first time that I've heard – I know Dabo had his ladies' clinic at Clemson this past weekend. But, Josh, this is the first time I think we've heard Dabo speak since the Big Ten, USC-UCLA, and people speculating on where Clemson might be whenever sure. all the dominoes fall. Yep. So it'll be – because he's the guy in, in the ACC with the most kind of pull right now. Why do I keep forgetting Oregon, or Miami's coach? He came from Oregon. Why do I completely space on his name constantly? 
But it, it'll be very interesting whenever you think about uh, the first opportunity to hear from Mario Cristobal. Thank you. I saw that look in your eyes, and I realized you weren't there to help me. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I would have liked to have been. But, I mean, what's his take on it now? He left o- Oregon, and suddenly, whew, that's a mess. But we'll, we'll get into it all. What did Jim Phillips have to say in his opening statement? Anything that caught anyone's attention. We'll dive into it next right here on The Plank Show. I'm sorry. We cannot have first take on during this show because it, its sole purpose works on me. It really does, and I'm sure listeners are tired of hearing about it. But literally, they just promoted coming up next, does MLB have the best all-star game? I mean, do they even have anyone that watches the NHL All-Star game on their panel that can, in an, a true sense, have an education on it? It's basically, you're asking, is the Major League Baseball All-Star game better than the NBA or the Pro Bowl? That's it. The greatest All-Star game that ever happened was the All-Star game in the NBA after Kobe passed away. When they did the Eller scoring system, and everyone was kind of joshing around for like three quarters, and all of a sudden it got to the fourth quarter. And it was time it was, to go win. It was awesome. But you're not going to – that's not going to be consistent. You know what? I, w- I would be a terrible first-take panelist. You want to know – well, first of all, because I-, I don't feel like I need to be hot-takey, so I would struggle mightily there. But number two, because they're like, so, uh, all right, Chris, what do you think? Who has the best all-star game? I'm like – I don't care. I don't watch any of them. <laughs> they all stink they all and don't ever ask me this again. Yeah. Um, in fact, I like this from the 405 instant reaction on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Mic'd up was awful. Muted it. Listen to the radio. No, no, don't get me wrong. There are some awkward moments when it comes to the mic'd up. But I felt, I felt like, as very much a get-off-my-lawn kind of a guy, I felt like the positives outweighed the negatives on that. I thought it was cool. I thought it made, I mean, this is going to sound corny, but I'll say it. The smiles, the excitement for baseball. I mean, do we need David Ortiz doing interviews on the field? I don't know. The pregame stuff was a little bit much, but I've become in any sport. By the way, listen to our uh, ref pregame show before every single college football game. But I've become, like, I'm not big into the pregames anymore. It's like I, of course, I spend three hours a day every single week previewing games. So. Well, why would you be into the pregame of a fake game? <laughs> right. I mean, it's... Coming up next, our red carpet is we're going to reintroduce the All-Stars to you for the 86th time. Are you telling me if the Raiders were playing in the AFC Championship game, you wouldn't be watching that CBS pregame show? I don't show? think I would. Yes, you would. No, I, I, I'm telling you right now. I've become... I would probably be on Twitter, and it would be on in the background, but I remember, dude, I used to be glued to the pregame shows. Glued to them. But I get what Jay Glazer says in the Fox... And I'm usually out, right? Because Jake Glazer is one of the few guys who doesn't put everything on Twitter. So you got to catch what he's saying to see who's in and out and different things of that. But, yeah, I don't know, dude. I've kind of become – do I really care what Phil Simms has to say about the game? Well, no. Right. Do I really care what Bill Cowher is going to stutter and stammer around about the game? Probably not. Nate Burleson, maybe. I kind of like Nate. On the Fox, I I feel like I'm, I'm done with Terry Bradshaw's shtick. 
Do I need any more Lee Corso on game day? No. I'm going to get plenty of Kirk Herbstreet in the primetime game. Yeah, I don't know. But that's a different story. An all-star game? Yeah, I'm completely out. <laughs> completely out of the pregame show. And inevitably, they're going to find something to try to make you cry. The kid who walked up to the Clayton Kershaw press conference. Who let that kid in? I mean, it was a pretty touchy moment. <laughs> I was Don't waiting. be that guy. I was waiting for somebody in the media to say, oh, they're letting these kids in here to s- steal all the questions. I was waiting for that. Uh, <laughs> there probably was one media member or two that felt that way. Wait, Plank is 47? It's from the 918. You misheard what he said. No, no, he no. I am, I am definitely 27. He is very young. Let's not get that confused. You know what's kind of funny that you mentioned age is I've, I had always been very – because I in sports radio, whenever I started, I was 23 years old. And no one would take anything I, I, I said or laid out seriously because I was some young punk. And that lasted – and in my mind, I was like, man, I cannot wait to be 30. I cannot wait to be 30 because once I hit 30, then people will start actually – taking what I say seriously. Or at least a little more seriously. I hit 30. No one still took anything I <laughs> said seriously. The next thing you know, I looked up when I was 47. It's like, what? And now happen? everybody does take everything you say Too seriously. Too seriously. Holy smokes, people, calm down. <laughs> now it's like I've gone from one extreme to the other. That's why, that's, that's why this works. We balance each <laughs> other out because nobody takes what I'm saying seriously. And I'm I just dis- building up to get I disagree. to get to this plank level no you don't want to be here it's a nightmare uh, Dabo Sweeney is talking right now I would almost want to go to it if they had somebody who knew anything about college football on this panel right now because they don't and I love Mad Dog I love Christopher Russo but my man's knowledge of college football starts and ends with like a Joe Paterno Penn State team oh they gotta run stand a body right that's pretty much all he's got. But it'll be interesting to see if we get anything out of this. Does a- ACC Media Days do anything for you? Trying to figure out what Jim Phillips had to say or no? Yeah, yeah, I would like to hear some of that. I wonder. I, I don't have it. I was just asking if it meant anything to you. <laughs> Sorry. Heck yeah, it means something to me. In, in the realm of college football, ACC's big puzzle piece holder. Whether they want to be or not, whether they're comfortable – Given their grant of rights situation that, well, you, you got multiple schools that, if they could, probably would, would go to either the Big Ten or the SEC. Right? I mean, come on. Tomorrow, if Clemson and Florida State were told, yeah, come on down, wouldn't they be gone? In a heartbeat. North Carolina, Miami? In gone. a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. It's just uh, – the cash world we live in in college athletics now. If they can be. But everything that I'm seeing on Jim Phillips, at least in some of the early returns, Josh, I don't know if he solicited a lot of confidence within his member institutions and at the very least within those who follow the ACC. It does not look as if things this morning went very well for Jim Phillips. What happened? Did he get up there and just get peppered by everybody? I, I think he tried to filibuster 
and basically take all the time he possibly could. <laughs> and by the time he was done, it was, John, wake up. We got to ask Jim Phillips a question. I literally think it was, what's the line from Adam Sandler's movie, Billy Madison? What Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to this. And again, we're not there. Oh, you know what? We might have the ACC network. I wonder I wonder if we could pull it up. But it does not appear as if, Josh, things went very well this morning for one Jim Phillips. I'm pulling it up right now as we speak. <laughs> yeah, everyone, everyone is now dumber for what you just said. That's, that's the feel that I'm getting. Here's one quote that's making the round. If there comes a time Notre Dame would go away from being independent, I feel really good about it being with the ACC. I do not. <laughs> if there was ever a time when Notre Dame would would go independent or go from being independent, it would be the Big Ten. That's the reality of it. But kudos to, to Jim Phillips, Josh, for keeping hope, hope alive because basically everyone else that appears to have heard this man speak this morning has had one common take. And it's this. Is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Okay, a simple wrong would have been suffice. But there you go. We'll see what we can garner from it. And may God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> uh, it's Listen, there is no doubt, Josh, that Jim Phillips and the ACC is in a tough spot. There is no doubt, no denying it. None. It is – there is nothing worse than being put in a situation where you know you're going to be asked questions that you don't have answers to. And that's exactly where he is. He ought to just come out and just say, look, I mean, come on, guys. We all know what's going on here. I'm screwed. What was the uh, what was the great line whenever Kansas almost beat Texas, whenever Vince Young and Mark Mangino and his BCS. Post- we all know what this is about. BCS. Dollar signs. And then everyone made the joke that it was beef chicken steak. <laughs> We got got a break. I've got a little Jim Phillips for us when we come back. It's a plank show on a Wednesday. Hour one brought to you by Van Hoos Fence online at vhfence.com. Oh, man. Brent Venables is talking about, or excuse me, uh, Dabo Sweeney is talking about Brent Venables right now. We'll have to pull that coming up here in a bit. You want me to just pot it up right now? Sure, sure. Go to it right now. You got it? Yeah. Is it more? He's so well prepared. He's going to do an amazing job. He's got a good staff. And uh, it's been fun to kind of communicate with him as he's gotten going. And same thing with Tony Elliott, my offensive coordinator. I, I've been with Tony 19 years. I coached him. Uh, you know, he, he, I hired, gave him his you know, first job at this level and then made him the coordinator. To see him get the opportunity at Virginia is a blessing uh, for he and his family. He's going to do a great job. So it's sad to see those guys go because you're not going to get to be with them every day. But it's, it's, it's fun, too, because you get a chance to give some other people the opportunity that deserve it. And to see Wes Goodwin and, 
and uh, Brandon Streeter to be able to step into the new roles. Wes Goodwin's our D coordinator, and Brandon Streeter's our, our offensive coordinator. Uh, and then some, some support staff changes and other guys getting new opportunity through the change. It's exciting, and it's been a lot of fun to get back uh, you know, on the field this past spring and start putting it all together. And, and uh, we actually had the bowl game to kind of get a trial run. So, you know, it, it won't be our first time against Georgia Tech uh, because, you know, Tony and Brent were gone, you know, by the time the bowl game got here. Uh, but looking forward to, to going to work with this staff. It's a great group of people. I think it's a special time, uh, special, a special staff, and, and, uh, and a special team that we have uh, this year. Well, we kind of timed that out pretty right. Do you think the first take crew actually knew that Tony Elliott had been his offensive coordinator and went to Virginia? No. I say it a lot on this show, and, and sometimes it was funny because we've sat here in this program and we've talked about the uh, All-Star game from last night and then you know ACC Media Days, Jim Phillips is speaking, touched on a little bit of SEC Media Days, and literally one of could you talk all you football? Well, we talk all you football every day. Every day. And – I just feel like sometimes I'm saying the same things over and over and over, and my excitement level is not dipped. I am so excited for what Brent Venables has the potential to do here at Oklahoma and seeing it with, with thine old two eyes. And part of the reason is this dude right here, and that's Dabo Sweeney. I know that sounds – I know some people don't want to accept that, but, dude, Dabo hired Brent and brought him over, paid him – Coach Venables paid him a lot of money, and he earned it one – championships played in championship games took you know even when Dabo was the head coach Clemsoning was still a thing right Clemsoning where you go in and you come up short every single year you know when Dabo you build a nice lead right and come up short you know when Dabo Sweeney's program took another level jumped up to a championship caliber program when he hired Brent Venables yeah no that was a big piece of the puzzle for sure I mean you think about it they so Venables last year at Oklahoma was the 2011 season, and you know we all we all know how you know things had gone for for BV at OU. He was incredible. And they brought back Mike Stoops, and the rest was history. He goes to Clemson, and you know in in four years they're playing for a national championship. That's incredible. In four seasons, they're playing for a national championship. And again, I'm not trying to take anything away from Dabo, but Brent Venable's made a massive difference. They played in the national championship game in 15, 16, 18, 19. Won it in 16 and 18. I mean, that's pretty damn impressive. So uh, I, I kind of I have a little, it's a little bit of love for Dabo Sweeney. And how he was able to help take Coach Venables, and then look at look at this staff. Have you guys really taken a moment to step back and look at this staff? Well, some might say, "Oh, it's a lot of Clemson guys and a bunch of OU guys." They're guys that know Brent Venables. I mean, even okay, let's talk about Thad Turnipseed. Which, by the way, I think I had a Thad Turnipseed sighting last night. I think I did. I went and had dinner in, in my a beloved town of Goldsby. And I think I spotted my man Thad Turnip seed there last night. Um, I didn't want to go. You know, it's, it's my guy now, so I can't be like going all fanboy and yelling from across the parking lot. But look at Thad Turnip seed, a guy that's been not just with Clemson, but with he's been with Brent Venables, right hand 
to to Dabo right there with Brent. Look at look at this entire crew. Look at the Miguel Chavis, Ted Roof, even Jay Valai. Jay Valai. Even Jay Valai is somebody that uh, Brent what met on that recruiting trip, and they got to know each other a little bit. Look at Woody. Woody's the guy. Woody Glass. He was a. Uh, yeah, you need to you need to get in the habit of saying Woody Glass because every time you say Woody, I think you're talking about Woody Washington. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But a guy that had been a neighbor of Brenton Venables whenever he was here around one, and they became lifelong friends. And he's a, I mean, gosh, he's doing a little bit of everything in that football office right now. So again, it's not just Clemson people; it's ties to Brenton Venables and. A lot of what you see from him as a coach is going to be taken from what he learned the past decade at Clemson. So anytime Dabo Sweeney talks, I listen, and I listen to it a little bit differently. Yeah, I'm starting – I've come around, darn it, because Brent Vittables wound up over here and has said all these nice you things You were not a big him. Dabo guy, were you? Yeah, I'm still struggling with it. I'm, I'm trying to, like, I don't know, bargain with myself that I am, in fact – okay with Dabo Sweeney now I'm still not crazy about the all oh, golly shucks routine but whatever I'll get used to it well if you're not used to it by now Josh <laughs> I don't know if that time is coming <laughs> I don't think it's emotionally be emotionally I'll get used six to it. seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen he's entering his 15th season at Clemson absolutely wild all right it's 949. But I just, in seeing Dabble up there in ACC Media Days taking place, I love to hear him talk about Brent Venables. And a lot of, a lot of what you see from, from Dabo is what you're going to get from Brent. Different styles, different mindsets, but that's, that's his guy. That's who he's learned from. And there is a massive Dabo Sweeney influence on this coaching staff. All right, quick break. When we come back on the Plank Show, wrap hour one, with a less than confident outlook from ACC Media Days. Happy uh, birthday to Kendall. Thank you. Is it your birthday too? Yeah. Happy birthday, Kendall. No, just kidding. Happy birthday, Kendall. It's funny because I get the Facebook birthday reminders. So if you happen to randomly get a birthday message from me, it's because. Yeah, just thank Facebook. Thank Facebook. And honestly, I don't know how to unsubscribe from half of this crap that I get. So congratulations to my man Kendall, I believe Crimson, who turns 41 today. Of my Facebook friends, you share a birthday with um, one of my high school buddies, Henry Mendoza, another high school friend of mine, Kevin Hendricks, and former ORUSID Blake Freeland. Also, Kelly Piper, who I think I know. I don't know how the people. I've, I've, I have no idea how the people on Facebook. Friends Let's with. check out the famous birthdays list today, shall we? Didn't they already do? Did they already do this bit? Does the morning show have this thing cornered? I got to be careful here, because Toby does trademark these bad boys, and I don't want to end up losing any money. Uh, who the heck is Joey Bragg? Who's Pop Smoke? Oh, I know who Pop Smoke is. We can play some Pop Smoke coming out of break. Boy, my uh, guy, you're not in very good company, Kendall. <laughs> I got to tell you. Oh, Sandra O. Oh, sideways. The movie Sideways? Nothing? No? No. Wow. Oh, Jaclyn Hill, the YouTube star. See, look, you know the YouTube star, just, but you don't I'm know. just kidding. I don't know who that ben is. Ben Sibbins is 25 today. So. Oh, okay. There you go. There's so happy birthday. Oh, Julianne. Yeah, you got, now I'm going to have to be listening to some Pop Smoke during the break. Hmm. I'm a, Giselle Bunchen. 
Uh, Giselle, happy birthday to Tom Brady's wife. Oh, my gosh, that's right. Today would have been Chris Cornell's birthday, too. Oh, no. So we can go with any sound garden or audio slave that you would like on the program as well. Quickly from the Air Comfort Solutions text line, MLB, hands down, just name some special moments from the NBA All-Star Game or the NFL Pro Bowl through the years. Uh, I just mentioned one from the NBA, right? And it was when they used that scoring system, and it was a crazy end. And literally, the NFL Pro Bowl has been living off the Sean Taylor hit for like, RIP Sean Taylor, 20 years. Carl Hubble, five straight strikeouts in the first All-Star game. Fred, uh, Ted Williams walk off in 1941. Reggie Jackson's bomb in 71. Pete Rose bowling over Ray Fossey. Pedro starred in 99. Randy Johnson versus John Cruck. I added being a little kid watching Fred Lynn hit a grand slam at Comiskey Park. I agree a thousand percent, man. It's easily the best. Easily. It's easily the best, but look, they all stink, so... Uh, Congratulations then, to baseball. And then my man Raider Jason on an off day from unincorporated Johnson County south of Arlington writes, if the Raiders made a significant game, Plank be in the same position that I would be, under the bed, in the fetal position, sweating it out. <laughs> yes. Yes, I would. There has never been a more accurate statement. Accurate? Statement ever made in the history of the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Yes, I would be freaking out over, oh my gosh, this game is really happening. What just happened? I told my wife after the Raiders lost to the Bengals whenever Derek Carr decided to spike the ball on first down that I hadn't felt that way in so long. Like the nerves, my hands were tingling. It was a great feeling. I missed it. Of course, they, they've been in the playoffs once in the last Thanks 20 years. Thanks for you know, not taking care of business there and dooming Kansas City. So I know, right? You would have smoked us. All right, quick break. We're back uh, with your calls next.